0: What's happening y'all welcome inside the fantasy stock exchange bush coming at you solo today to break down the must start and must sit running backs for week seven of fantasy football as you guys know this is where we break down every matchup every backfield all the usage all the trends and this week's matchups, everything you need to know for week seven. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you would have seen these two beauties that I banked uh, last night on Thursday Night Football, won about 700 bucks on like a $30 night. So definitely a pretty solid Thursday Night Football for me. But uh, without further ado, as always, let's get right into it. Okay, so the big running back news that I got to talk about, obviously, was that uh, Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a bunch of, you know, day two draft picks. Reactions from a fantasy perspective, my two cents on how this affects Christian McCaffrey. He's always been an elite workload running back. So that is definitely the major concern we have with Christian McCaffrey moving teams is, is that new team, especially a team like Kyle Shanahan's 49ers, going to deploy Christian McCaffrey as an 85 90% 90% snapshare running back who gets all of the long down and distance, all the two minute drill, all the targets, all the routes, everything that Christian McCaffrey was getting in Carolina. That's our major concern with Christian McCaffrey right now in Carolina. He got everything he wanted. I don't think he sees quite the workload in San Francisco as he saw in Carolina, but the good news about this Christian McCaffrey move is number one, he's a perfect scheme fit for what they run in San Francisco He's going to be a huge asset to that team being able to move the ball because I think Garoppolo has long needed a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's able to be an asset out of the backfield as a receiver. And they haven't really had a guy like that. Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, all these type of dudes, they're not great receivers. So the fact that he gets an awesome receiving back like that is definitely good news for this 49ers offense in general. He's also no longer the the focus of defenses in Carolina because I'm sure every team that played the Carolina Panthers knew Christian McCaffrey was target number one um, all the time. Stop Christian McCaffrey and you'll beat the Carolina Panthers. And it also should uh, increase his number of trips that he sees to the red zone in San Francisco playing in a much better offense with all the weapons that they have. So. Definitely good news from the efficiency side of things for Christian McCaffrey, but I do think his volume will see a downtick. I also don't expect him to play this week. Uh, Kyle Shanahan basically said he's not sure if he's going to play. I don't think he's going to end up playing. He just got to the team, probably um, flew into San Francisco like last night, so I don't think He's going to play uh, this week, but he should be ready to go for next week. The Carolina side of things is also pretty messy, right? Because we do have some data on how they've used running backs without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup uh, via the preseason games. In the three preseason games that we saw with Chuba Hubbard and with Deontay Foreman, they pretty much split running back touches and snaps and routes down the middle. So definitely not ideal usage for those two guys, but I do favor Deontay Foreman. If he's still available on your waivers, if you got to put in a waiver claim, I'm cool spending, you know, 15, 20, 25% of your fab budget on Deontay Foreman, because I do think he's the more talented back. I do think he's going to get the receiving workload, especially uh, the third down long down and distance type of work, which for a team like Carolina, who's going to be playing from behind a lot. I do think that's going to be the more valuable role for uh, Deontay Foreman. So I spent some fab on him personally. I spent like 40 bucks on him. Um, in my home league, because it's a very deep league and there's not usually a lot of great waiver ads. So if you play in a deeper league, I do think Foreman is definitely a pretty solid guy to go after. So, um, moving on to the matchup chart for the week, you guys can see it on the screen there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, no longer on the Carolina Panthers. Those, uh, Carolina Panthers running backs have the hardest, uh, matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with a tough matchup, Clyde Edwards, hilaire Eno Benjamin had a tough matchup last night, but it didn't seem to matter. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon with some tough matchups this week as well. A couple teams on bye that we'll talk about in a second, uh, but Josh Jacobs has an easy matchup. JK Dobbins slash Kenyon Drake, whoever ends up starting for the Ravens with an easy matchup. Austin Eckler, Kenneth Walker, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard, et cetera there. So as I kind of just teased uh, Buffalo, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles Rams all on bye week this week, that is a lot of fantasy relevant players in general, but especially at running back, you have Dalvin cook, you have, you know, miles Sanders, you have Daryl Henderson and you have Devin Singletary. no, uh bueno for those of you guys that are rostering those guys but let's move on to the 1 p.m games before we take up too much time here jacksonville versus uh new york giants jacksonville's favored by three points you guys can see all that stuff on the screen in this game you're gonna be starting saquon barkley duh and starting travis Etienne, low end flex james robinson now we know what uh, saquon barkley brings to the table the jags are absolutely giving it up through the air this season with 29th ranked uh running back fantasy points allowed and 26th adjusted fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So definitely a great spot for Saquon Barkley to have a smash game. Travis Etienne cracks my top 20 for the first time in a while. He's in my top 20 running backs this week. I discussed him at length in the trade targets video because his usage has been pretty much what we saw out of Brees Hall before he eventually took over his backfield. I think Travis Etienne could have a huge game this week. Etienne is slowly taking more and more of James Robinson's work, and it's understandable why. Etienne is averaging over six and a half yards per touch. James Robinson's averaging a pedestrian 4.3 yards per touch. So outside of a few rushing games early on in the season where he broke off a long run, James Robinson has been extremely, extremely average this year. And I think uh, Travis Etienne could be the takeover game this week, right? So make sure you guys go out, send some offers for ETN before this game happens. I have James Robinson as my RB 33 on the week, so I probably wouldn't use him, but unless you have buys with Dalvin cook or Daryl Henderson, Singletary Sanders, whoever you might have, I think he might be a solid, you know, low end flex type of option. Like I said, so, uh, moving on to the next game we have here, the Falcons at Bengals. We have Joe Mixon, obviously starred him as a top 12 option, and we have Tyler Algier inside my top 30 as well. Joe Mixon's workload is elite. We know this by now about Joe Mixon. He gets everything that you could want out of a fantasy running back. He just needs some more efficient play out of him because he hasn't been very efficient this year. The Falcons are bottom third in the NFL in pretty much every running back metric you could imagine. That's in my matchup chart right now. Uh, this is a get right spot for Joe Mixon. If he can't perform in this matchup, I'm going to have some serious concerns about how efficient this guy is going to be for the rest of the year because he's had a couple smash matchups and he has not you know, really, really hit in those games. He's been solid, but he hasn't been Outstanding so far this year. Tyler Algier on the other side of things quietly had the game of his career. He didn't have a monster fantasy day by any means, but from a usage standpoint last week, we saw a very, very significant development out of Tyler Algier. He ran nearly 60% of the snaps, got most of the carries or split carries with Caleb Huntley, and he also ran most of the routes. And I think that's the important part in this game because the Cincinnati Bengals are favored by nearly a touchdown. I do love. The Cincinnati Bengals to probably win this game handedly. So I think the Falcons are going to be playing from behind. Tyler Algier is the guy that runs the most routes. I think we could see a big receiving day out of him. Definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm starting him currently in my flex spot because I have Michael Thomas out and Elijah Moore out for this week. So definitely um, a guy that I think is a solid flex option. Moving on to the Packers at Commanders game. In this game, you're going to start Aaron Jones. And I think you can flex uh, both Brian Robinson and A.J. Dillon as top 36 guys. I probably would stay away from Antonio Gibson, but only if you're absolutely desperate, bipocalypse type of play for Antonio Gibson. These two backfields are both going in kind of gross directions right now. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon will probably see quite a bit of work in this game because I think the Packers should be able to take care of business against Washington and Taylor Heineke. But I mean, they were seven point favorites against the Jets last week and lost the game. So uh, we'll have to see what happens with this Packers running offense. But I do think they should get a lot of opportunity in this game. But the commanders are a top 10 run defense pretty much across the board. Uh, per every metric, so it might be a bit of a tougher sledding game for the Green Bay Packers running backs. The commanders, on the other hand, are three-way committee, right? We know that Brian Robinson has taken over this early down role, so he's the guy that I would choose to start if I had to. Antonio Gibson's workload has been deteriorating, by the week, his snap share has gone down every single week of the season. And JD McKissick is still involved as the passing down specialist. So just a disgusting backfield. Don't really want any part of it. But B-Rob is the guy that I would start if I had to. The Packers are very, very bad against the run, like on the ground. Uh, they are the single worst rush defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. For Brian Robinson, that's good news. But will the game script allow him to have a lot of carries in this game is really the question mark I have, because I do think the Packers are going to be pissed off losing a tough game to the Jets. They probably come out and, and you know, absolutely mollywop the the Washington Commanders this week is my prediction, but I, I could be wrong on that. So Buccaneers at Panthers, the next game that we're going to talk about here, the Panthers are 13 point dogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Start Leonard Fournette in this game and low end flex Deontay Foreman and or Chuba Hubbard. I don't love playing the Carolina Panthers running backs in this game, but like I said, a lot of bye weeks, a lot of important players on bye this week. If you have to pick up those guys and throw them into your lineup, I don't think it's a terrible idea. The Buccaneers own the Carolina Panthers since Tom Brady has been there. This is the score of the games in the Tom Brady era against the Carolina Panthers. 41-17, 32-6, 46-23, and 31-17, which... Um, should, would all cover the spread of 13 points that they have. And I actually probably will be laying some money on the Buccaneers to cover that. Not quite the same team that we've had from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in recent years, because they were much better offenses in those years. But I do trust the Buccaneers to get on track in this game. They lost a tough one to the Steelers. Leonard Fournette's a smash play this week. If you have a better game script for Leonard Fournette, I don't see it possible the rest of the season. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. lot of catches in this game. I broke down the Panthers backfield at the beginning of the video, like I said, with the CMC news. But Deontay Foreman is the guy that I would start if you had to start one of these running backs. He's my RB 36 on the week, just due to potential game script. Like I said, they're two touchdown underdogs. He is the pass catching back. He was the guy that ran more routes during the preseason. And he has been more involved than Shuba Hubbard, even when Christian McCaffrey has been on the field. So I think he's the guy that gets the bulk of the touches, but I do think it's going to be relatively a split backfield. So that's uh, that game. Let's move on to the Lions at Cowboys in this game, you're going to start DeAndre Swift, assuming he's, end up, uh, he's going to end up playing. You start Ezekiel Elliott and you flex Tony Pollard. I actually really love the Cowboys running backs this week, but DeAndre Swift has a grade two shoulder sprain, according to most fantasy doctors, similar to the one that he suffered back on Thanksgiving last year, except it's on the opposite shoulder as the one that he had on Thanksgiving. He should be fully recovered for this game. By week seven, that was the timeline that a lot of fantasy doctors talked about. It's about a three to four week injury. It's been three to four weeks, four weeks on the nose to be specific. I expect him to play. He hasn't really logged a full practice yet, but I think he's going to today. As I'm recording this Friday morning, they haven't gotten practice reports for the Detroit Lions, but I do think he's going to practice and play in this game. But if he does miss the practice when you guys are watching this, you'll know probably uh, Jamal Williams becomes a top 24 guy if DeAndre Swift is out yet again. Uh, but moving on to the Cowboys side of things, Zeke and Pollard are awesome plays this week. I have them very high in my rankings. I'm not usually high on Ezekiel Elliott, but the Cowboys have the highest implied point total of the week with 28 points. This game is a 50 point over under Dax back on under center and the over under, like I said, is nearly 50 points. So I really, really love what we can get out of the Cowboys running backs. The Lions rank dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the running back position. 31st in rush defense DVOA. If you have Ezekiel Elliott, this is probably a good sell high window after this game, because I do think he's probably going to get into the end zone, probably going to be more efficient than we've seen from him in recent weeks. Like I said with DeAndre Swift, if he plays, we know what his workload is. We really only have a one game sample size of full, healthy DeAndre Swift and it came in week 1 when he was a 67% snap share running back running most of the routes for the team getting all the long down and distance snaps although Jamal Williams did vulture some goal line touches in that game so love DeAndre Swift this week is assuming he plays love the Cowboys running backs as well but we can move on to the Colts at Titans game very simple in this one you have Jonathan Taylor and you have Derrick Henry both guys are in your lineup assuming that they're both playing and Jonathan Taylor fully practiced yesterday on Thursday, I'd expect him to play in this game, but he did actually hold himself out of last week. Apparently, according to reports, the doctors cleared him to play, but he wanted to give himself another week just to make sure he didn't suffer any setbacks because we know how these ankle sprains have been tough on running backs in years past. If he is out for this game for whatever reason, I would be careful with Deion Jackson, though, because uh Naheem Hines is going to be back. So even if Taylor is out, I don't think Deion Jackson's the smash play because Naheem Hines will be back on the in the lineup and the appeal for Deion Jackson last week was the receiving work. So definitely not a sure thing by any means, but I do think it won't matter because Jonathan Taylor, I think will end up playing should be tough sledding for both him and Derek Henry, because both of these teams ranking near top of the league against the run with the Titans being pretty much a lead against the run. So tough matchup for Jonathan Taylor on the ground. I still think he's a great by low might be even better of a buy low after this week. If he has another down game, moving on to the Browns at Ravens in this game, You're going to start Nick Chubb. You're going to flex Kareem Hunt and then flex whatever running back starts for the Ravens. We don't know if it's going to be JK Dobbins. We don't know if it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Um, He hasn't practiced the last two days, JK Dobbins. I'd probably lean with Drake being the guy that gets most of the touches in this, uh, in this game. But I do think he might be a bit of a trap start because of what we saw last week, but I don't really have any rationale for that. It's just kind of a gut feeling for me. The Browns are one of the single worst run defenses in the NFL though. So if Kenyon Drake does get the bulk of the work or if J.K. Dobbins is in the lineup, they are bottom three in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. They're bottom three in run defense DVOA and they're bottom three in uh, PFF run defense grade. They're actually dead last in PFF run defense grade. So definitely an easy matchup for whatever Ravens running back starts. It also could just mean that Lamar Jackson is going to run for a bunch of yards as well. But on the Browns side of things, Nick Chubb absolutely owns the Ravens. It's one of his best... Um, splits that you'll see at of Nick Chubb is how he plays against the Ravens versus other teams. And I really like the over in this game, as do the Sharps, 73% of the money on the over this week. So uh, Nick Chubb, also a great start. And like I said, Kareem Hunt's always a viable flex option. Moving on to the Jets at Broncos. And we actually have four 4 p.m. games, which I love. I don't like when we have three 4 p.m. games because it kind of spreads the red zone out a little bit thin. I don't know about you guys, but Jets at Broncos. Start Brees Hall as the top 12 guy in this game. Flex Melvin Gordon if you're feeling risky because we know what happened on Monday night. Brees Hall is a mid-RB1 rest of season. He's a guy that I think is, you know, not going to be great this week because this is a tougher matchup against a strong Broncos defense. But the Jets are very good at running the ball. They've shown that their scheme has been able to cut through some tough matchups and the Broncos have been exploitable by running backs specifically. They've been very good against the pass overall, but that through the air, through pass catching running backs, they've been susceptible. And that's, as we know, a strength of these jets running backs. Both of them are very good in the passing game. The issue for the jets is that they might have a tough time moving the ball on offense, especially given that Elijah Moore is going to be out for this game as a, like a disciplinary thing. And the Broncos have just been absolutely locked down clamps from a past perspective and Zach Wilson's probably not the type of quarterback that takes advantage of a a very good pass defense like the Denver Broncos are. Melvin Gordon apparently had a meeting with with Nathaniel Hackett last week, and apparently he's the starter again. I don't really know how valuable or how trustworthy this information is. This was a smash spot last year when any uh, running back was playing against the Jets. We knew, start running backs against the Jets, it's usually an easy matchup, but the Jets have actually been really, really good against the run this year. They've really tightened up their run defense, and it's about like a mid-level or a just above average uh, type of unit at worst, and they clamped the Packers' dual last week. So I wouldn't say that you have to start Melvin Gordon, especially given the workload concerns and how bad he's been as a player this year. I probably would steer clear, but if you have to, because he gets a workload, then I don't mind it uh, for sure. So moving on to the Texans at Raiders in this game, you're going to start both of them. Uh, Obviously Jacobs and Pierce are both top 15 running backs. And in case you missed it, Damian Pierce took over a borderline elite workload right before the buy, starting to generate a nice route participation, starting to get a solid target share as well. He faces a mid-level run defenses uh, with the Raiders this week, but he should be very good to go as a top 15 guy. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, is receiving a dominant workload, as you guys can see on the screen, playing as such. He's playing out of his mind, getting a great workload. This offense is starting to pick things up. They're probably going to be without Darren Waller in this game. But I do think Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Jacobs are enough to move the ball very easily on this Houston Texans defense. He's got the single easiest matchup according to my matchup chart. So Jacobs in a great spot this week. I'm probably going to have a parlay involving his rushing yards, alternate rushing yards or something, because I do think he's going to get like over 100 rushing yards in this game. So I love Josh Jacobs, love Damian Pierce this week from both a uh, season long and a DFS perspective, to be honest. Uh, But we can move on to Seahawks at Chargers. Again, another easy one in this game. You're starting Austin Eckler. You're starting Kenneth Walker. Both guys are inside my top 12 for the week. Pretty easy decisions here. Um, But I did talk about Kenneth Walker as a buy high in the trade targets video. For those of you guys that missed it, the reason I think he's a great buy high right now is because he's a young running back. He's avoiding a tackle on like 50% of his touches. He looks really, really good. And I think right now is the sweet spot to buy high on him because you can trade some of these older running backs for Kenneth Walker or maybe for Kenneth Walker plus, depending on if you play in a league where everybody's raging casuals. Because if you have Leonard Fournette, if you have Dalvin Cook, if you have Joe Mixon, if you have Aaron Jones, any of these older running backs that we know what they are, Nick Chubb as well would kind of fit into this category. You could probably get Kenneth Walker plus for a lot of those guys. And if you can turn those running backs into Kenneth Walker plus like Drake London or something, then you're really mitigating that risk that your team starts to fall off and taper off down the stretch. Because typically we see younger running backs be the guys that win people leagues down the stretch rather than guys that uh, get big workloads early on in the season. So the fresh legs usually um, you know, prevail and Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette have all shown their share of inefficiencies that make me nervous about what they're going to be down the stretch of the season. So guys that I'm probably looking to be selling as I've talked about in trade target videos. But like I said, both running backs in for easy matchups in for top five matchups, according to my matchup chart this week, Austin Eckler coming off a huge 14 target game or whatever on Monday night football. He's got an easy matchup against the Seahawks and Kenneth Walker, Also an easy matchup against the Chargers. So we can move on to the Chiefs at 49ers. Like I said, I don't think CMC is going to play this week. I don't think he can get there on Friday and start playing for the team right away, taking big workloads. So I think you can get one more game out of Jeff Wilson as a top 24 guy, and then it's donezo for him. The Chiefs have been absolutely brutal against pass catching backs, especially. So it would have been a really good spot for Christian McCaffrey to make his debut, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Jeff Wilson, a top 24 guy. On the Chiefs side of things, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and his workload is not great but he's still a decent bet for a touchdown in this game because we know that the Chiefs are going to move the ball on offense. This game has an over-under of 49 points. The Sharps are slightly on the over as well. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even though he's only getting like a 43% snap share, 42% snap share, I do think he's a guy that you can throw into your lineup as a top you know, 30 option, even though this is a tough San Francisco 49ers run defense, but they are missing some pieces up front. So we'll have to see how that kind of materializes. But we can move on to Sunday Night Football, which is the Steelers at Dolphins. This I'm kind of excited for this game. I don't know why, even though it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe it's because I have Muth in a bunch of leagues and Deontay Johnson in a bunch of leagues, so I don't mind watching the team. But... Um, Raheem Mostert's in your lineup in this game. He's definitely a top 20 running back for me this week. And Najee Harris is a back-end RB2 as well. So we finally get to see Mostert as the starter in an offense led by Tua. Because if you guys recall, Raheem Mostert didn't actually take over this backfield until Tua got injured. This should be a really fun game to see what Raheem Mostert can do in this backfield. Because he obviously presents a lot of speed, as do the receivers. But with Tua back there, he's going to see a lot more light boxes and all that kind of stuff. So he has a lot more opportunity to break a long one. I love Raheem Mostert rest of the season. If you guys can turn, you know, some of these older running backs that are like not as good. If you can turn like Ezekiel Elliott after this week into Raheem Mostert plus, I would absolutely be looking to do something like that. Uh, Najee Harris on the other side of things. He's just, you know, not that good, I think, but his usage is still back end RB two territory. So we have to treat him as such. He's a fine option this week. Kenny Pickett is expected to start. He's already cleared the concussion protocol. We also have Pat Fryer. cleared the concussion protocol. So hopefully they're able to move the ball on offense. But that's great news for for the Steelers offense because Mitch Trubisky, while he looks like he owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is quite mortal against the rest of the teams. And both of these teams are about league average against the run. So uh, no real concerns with the run matchup for either running back. But we can move on to the final game of the week, which is Monday Night Football, Bears at Patriots. In this game, you're going to start Ramondre Stevenson and David Montgomery as well. It feels like the Bears have been on primetime as much as the Broncos. I think they've had like three primetime games already this season. Uh, I don't know why. It should be zero primetime games for the entirety of the season, and they're probably going to play on Thanksgiving or something as well. But uh, I don't love this matchup for the Bears. I don't love this matchup for David Montgomery. But he did resume his workhorse role this past week. Um, the offense stinks, but Montgomery just gets such a big workload. He gets everything. He gets like a Joe Mixon caliber workload. And he's a solid enough player that he can create a little bit on his own as well. Um, so he's definitely a top 20 guy for me this week. But I don't love the Bears' ability to move the ball on offense. Damian Harris, on the other side of things, looks like he might play. So he He's been practicing. Uh, In full, um, because they're playing on Monday, we only have one practice report on Thursday where Damian Harris did practice in full. So if he's already practicing on Thursday, which is basically like Wednesday for Sunday games, then I think Damian Harris is probably going to play in this game. And that downgrades Ramondre Stevenson from like a mid RB one, potentially even a high end RB one this week against an easy matchup to like a mid RB two. So that's something to keep in mind with Ramondre Stevenson, the uh, usage that you guys can see on the screen, it's going to look more like week three and four for Ramondre than it will week five and six when Damian Harris was out. But I do think if Damian Harris plays, he's also a guy that I think can be like a top, you know, 30, 30- five top 40 running back at the very least, even though he's coming off of an injury, I think he's probably in a great spot to get some work in this game. And uh, like I said, it's a very easy matchup for the Patriots. The Bears running backs, not so much. The Patriots have been quite good against the run, but uh, this also might be a seeing ghost game type for Justin Fields, because we know what Bill Belichick does to, to basically rookie quarterbacks or just young quarterbacks in general. Don't love that matchup outlook for Justin Fields. So that is the end of the video. Hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, if you did enjoy the video at any point, leave a like down below. We really, really appreciate all the likes, all the comments, all the subscribes. Um, If you guys haven't hit the subscribe button already, please go ahead and do so. We really appreciate all the support you guys have shown us. Just hit about 16,000 subscribers the other day. So definitely appreciate that. Check us out on TikTok as well. tiktok.com forward slash fantasy soccer exchange check out our patreon if you guys are interested in supporting us you'll get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto our weekly start sit rankings our rest of season rankings you can get access to our private live stream every saturday afternoon you can get access to a first dibs on dynasty decisions all of our show notes which include all these matchup charts and all that kind of stuff so make sure you're checking that out if you guys are interested in that link will be in the pinned comment. And also if you guys want to take advantage of some of the advice that you heard in today's video, I love the hire on Josh Jacobs rushing yards, for example, over on underdog fantasy, you can play some pick You can, you can do some battle Royale drafts as well. they are a lot of fun over there on underdog fantasy. And when you sign up using the promo code FSE, you'll get hundred percent back on whatever you put in. So if you put in 20 bucks, you'll have $40 on the site to play with, do some pick do some pick insurance. You guys can, you know, still get paid. Even if you only hit four out of five of those pickums. is a great new feature that they have over there. Like I said, check out the Battle Royale drafts as well. They're a ton of fun. You also get our weekly start-sit rankings and our Dynasty Rankings manifesto as a free gift for doing that. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why are you-